0: What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Tune in to Awakened Wellness with Rio Riobay, MD, and join the conversation about how to heal our broken system to reverse our current health crisis. The entire world is looking for answers, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time when you can call in and ask the questions that matter most to you.
1: we're live. Thank you, Rachel. Good afternoon and welcome to Dream Vision 7 Radio. You are listening to Awakened Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe. and today's topic is how to get those stubborn holiday pounds off safely and effectively. And so this is always a hot topic every January uh, for many of my uh, clients and even personal friends um, you know how how do we get those pounds off that we gained? And some people, uh, you know, will say I, I gained ten pounds between Thanksgiving and Christmas, or you know, whichever tradition that they are celebrating, uh, they're always filled with food. And so, uh, you know, many people have this question: like, how do I get this weight off? Um, I joined the gym. I I tried everything. What do I do now? Um, and so, we're gonna talk about. an effective uh, method that I personally use and that I coach my students and clients to use um, that should be able to help you. And so um, again, um, is that a question? Let me just make sure, no, all right. So what happens over the holidays, right? Um, And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, right? You, You just can't gain that much weight that fast, right? It's really not possible. Um, to gain uh, a pound of fat, you'd have to overeat 3,500 calories. Uh, and so, you know, if you think you've gained about 10 pounds, that's like 35,000 extra calories, right? It's not quite possible to gain that much weight that quickly in fat, but it is very possible to uh, to gain that much weight in water. Uh, water is much heavier than fat. And so a lot of people mistake, uh, you know, weight gain uh, in the sense of fat. uh, They confuse that with with water retention uh, and inflammation. So inflammation weighs more than fat and that you can gain very quickly, right? You can get a change in weight of up to three, sometimes four pounds overnight. Um, and you know, I've had a lot of clients panic when they come in for weight loss specifically, and suddenly they gained three pounds overnight. Um, and again, it's, it can't be that you gained three pounds of, uh, actual fat overnight. It's not possible. And so it's just water and we'll talk about why that happens and how to correct it. Um, and there are no studies on this. And so it's really hard to quantify Know how much of my weight is just inflammation and how much is actual fat? And uh, I would venture to guess it's probably at least 50 50, maybe more. Uh, And so, what is inflammation? Why do we gain it? You know, what happens over time that causes us to retain more and more water? And again, going back to the idea that by molecule, we're 99% water. And so, what happens to water is really important in our bodies in terms of our body function, in terms of how we actually physically look and feel. And because of that, you know, water transformation, water movement is critically important. And so most people will go out, they'll have a good time. You know, there, there's all that stuff that gets brought to the office if you work away from home. If you're at home, there's all the stuff in the pantry and in the fridge. Uh, I am guilty of this, I tend to munch when I'm working. And so I've learned to make sure that the stuff that I bring inside the house is stuff that's not gonna cause inflammation for me, right? And so I can munch, I'll, tr- I'll eat like half a bag of popcorn just sitting around working, uh, creating content or you know reviewing labs, whatever it is I'm doing for that day you get the munchies, right? And so you have to learn like, what is it that that causes inflammation for me? And what is it that doesn't? I found out personally that potato chips cause inflammation for me. I love potato chips too. And so I would eat baked potato chips. I would eat organic potato chips. And I would notice that I would gain about two, three pounds overnight, right? And I learned this from, uh, I don't know who I learned it from, I guess my trainer, my personal trainer. Uh, who's amazing. He's Mr. World. Uh, He he may or may not be retired by now. I'm not sure. Uh, His name's Dave Dave Marinelli. He's here in Stewart, Florida. Um, Phenomenal personal trainer. And what I learned with training to do fitness competitions is you kind of have to step on the scale very often. And what you notice when you step on the scale very often is that your weight goes up and down quite a bit. And it will gradually, it's like the stock market, right? If you you look at any given day on the stock market, you might be shocked that it's crashed or you might be shocked that it rocketed up. If you look at it over time, it does this, but it goes up in general. Uh, It's the same thing with your weight. Your weight will zigzag around, but it will either trend down or up in general, depending on what you're doing in general, right? Uh, More and more people put money into the stock market over time, and so it will gradually just go up, even though day-to-day fluctuations will vary. It's the same thing with your weight. It depends on what you're doing every day. You'll have the ups and downs, but if you are eating consistently for your dynamic metabolic type or consistently for what is going to reduce inflammation, you might see it go up and down from day-to-day, but it will trend down if you're eating the right foods. It will trend up if you're eating the wrong foods, right? and. So potato chips, popcorn, what's the difference? You know, I don't know what the difference is. I literally, I still don't know to this day, but I stopped eating potato chips and I started eating popcorn, right? And that's my go-to like munch food. If, if I have the munchies, I also make certain that I have enough protein with that. So I'll also have a protein shake because there's zero protein in popcorn. And so... If you work from home or if you work away from home, knowing what it is that causes these fluctuations is actually very helpful. And it's a bit of, uh, I don't know, what what would we call it? I don't wanna call it paranoia, Um, vigilance. We'll call it vigilance, awareness. It's stepping on the scale every day, it it really is. Uh, And studies have actually shown this, that once you hit your goal weight, if you step on the scale every day, you will notice that sudden three pound weight gain, right? And what you can do with that information is then say, what did I eat yesterday? Or what didn't I do yesterday? Uh, Did I not exercise yesterday? Did I not go for my walk yesterday? What did I eat yesterday? And then you can kind of get a sense of a pattern, right? It took me a while to figure out it was the potato chips, right? Because potato chips are pretty innocent. I used to buy you know, late July potato chips, they were pretty innocent, right? They're organic and uh, they were, uh, you know, not deep fried, that type of thing. And so it's a potato. And so what's going on with the potato chip that caused inflammation for me? I still don't know, but I switched to popcorn and I didn't see that same effect. And so now I'm okay. And people will say, well, why do you stress out over three pounds up or down? It's because of the trending, right? Uh, If you continue the trend, you'll gain three pounds, then you'll gain four pounds, then you'll be five pounds up. And then you'll get to a space where you feel like you've lost control of your weight. Um, And then you might do some type of fad dieting to get it back down. But if you haven't changed the behavior, if you haven't isolated that food or foods or lack of activity or whatever it is for you that has caused those two to three pounds, you'll just keep going up again, right? And so this is a trap that a lot of my clients get caught up in, that I personally probably wouldn't have known had I not worked with a personal trainer. But since I did work with a personal trainer, I can now share this information. And it's it's really uh, figuring out what, what causes inflammation for me and what does not. Uh, and some for some people it's eggs, they can't eat eggs. And that causes all types of uh, weight weight gain, inflammation, for some people, it is um, dairy. For some people, it's wheat products. And so, once you isolate that, you'll have a really good idea of what's causing these slight fluctuations that will add up. It's kind of like uh, you know when your uh, the sink is stopped up, and you have this little drip of water. It's only a drop, you know, but eventually, if you allow each drop to accumulate in the sink will flood your floor, right? It's the same thing with weight. And so I tell people you want to be a little vigilant, uh, very aware of when you see this trend and then you reverse it right away. And you don't want to reverse it with extremes. You don't want to reverse it with a crazy health fad. You don't want to reverse it with suddenly going to the gym and doing hours of cardio you don't wanna force the weight back off. You really want to identify what is it that caused this weight gain and what corrective measures should I take? Because that's the only way you're going to effectively lose the weight and keep it off. Otherwise it's just this yo-yo, which we see very commonly. Um, Did we have a question? Holidays, I gained like eight pounds. My tummy was swollen and caused me some embarrassing questions. <laughs> Still having tummy issues. Maybe I'm allergic to pumpkin pie. I haven't had any since New Year. How do I get my swollen tummy flat again? Yeah, so pumpkin pie, right? So you'd want to ask yourself, well, what's in that? Right. So there's probably gluten. There is sugar, pumpkin, um, and spices, right? Maybe cinnamon, maybe uh I don't know what else do people put in pumpkin pie, but you know, you get the idea. Maybe nutmeg, um, those types of things. And you ask yourself, well, what's the most inflammatory ingredient in this pumpkin pie? Right. So the top two are going to be sugar and gluten. Right. Uh, and if you are a cold dynamic metabolic type, gluten is not your friend. Right. Uh, gluten is cooling. And so if you know that you're a cold dynamic metabolic type, glutinous cooling. And so you don't want to add cold to cold. Otherwise, what happens is you're going to uh, um, block your circulation of fluid, right? When things are too cold, they slow down, you know, and again, in nature, if you slow things down enough, they will freeze, right? If we cool water down enough, it will go from a liquid to a solid, right? It will go from uh, being water that flows to frozen water. Uh, And so it's the same thing in your body. If you're, if you're adding cold to cold, things will slow down. So your water movement will slow. And what happens when water movement slows is that it pools. It just kind of sits there, right? And so you get this bloated, swollen feeling. Um, You may not have swollen ankles because, you know, depending on which system is involved, Uh, you may not get the pooling of the water down to the ankles because that's more of a function of what the Chinese call the kidney energy system or the kidney meridian. But if it's centralized, it's going to be more of uh, what we would identify in Western medicine as a gastrointestinal issue. right? Uh, So what's in the middle, if it's your tummy that's swollen, is your liver and your gastrointestinal organs. Uh, In traditional Chinese medicine, the spleen is the uh, energy organ most responsible for the middle. And so the water will tend to pool in the middle if it's a spleen issue. Uh, And again, if you're adding cold to cold, you're gonna have sluggish fluid transformation in the middle of your body. uh, And that will cause this abdominal swelling and these tummy issues. Now that might result in things like constipation, loose stools, um, it might result in actual abdominal pain. So the first thing I would do is say, am I allergic to not allergic, but excuse me, am I intolerant of gluten, right? An allergy is I break out in a rash. I can't breathe. Um, you know, an intolerance is I don't feel good. You know, my tummy's swollen and, um, you know, maybe my bowels are irregular now. Um, and I just don't feel well. So one of the things I would recommend is you avoid gluten, like take it out of your diet entirely and see if that will quote unquote flatten your belly, right? And the reason it would flatten your belly is because it would allow your body temperature to rise again uh, and it would start moving the water around in the middle of your body. Uh, you can you can uh, enhance that by putting a heating pad on your tummy. Right, uh, and that will speed up the water flow. Uh, infrared uh, sauna or an infrared heating pad would also help. Laying out in the sun would probably help, uh, depending on where you are. Um, and uh, that would be probably the thing, right? So if you if you have these ongoing tummy issues, even though now we're a month past New Year, right? it's very likely that it's the gluten. So if you don't know your dynamic metabolic type, you can download it on our website, awakenedwellnessnow.com. We have a little PDF guide to help you fill it out so you know what your dynamic metabolic type is. And so if that's the case, you wanna warm up. So you wanna have maybe some ginger teas, you wanna have cinnamon teas, you wanna have soups and broths so that you warm yourself back up. A quick cheat to know if you're a cold dynamic metabolic type is to take your temperature in the morning and to see if it's below 98.6. If it is, you're likely uh, adding cold to cold and that's what's causing the sluggishness or what you perceive as the swelling and the bloating. So I hope that helps, Um, but that should help you very much. uh, Get your tummy flat again, right? And then avoiding a lot of sugar obviously is a big one. So maybe next year, what you do is you have gluten-free pumpkin pie and see, right? So gluten-free products are not the healthiest, but they're better than continuing to expose yourself to gluten if you have a known intolerance. And uh, gluten-free tends to have a little bit more sugar in it, a little bit more processing, uh, but you'll avoid the swelling, right? And that's, that's important because mid abdominal swelling is also a sign of poor digestion. And so you really wanna improve your digestion overall. And so that's one way that a cold dynamic metabolic type can uh, get rid of that holiday weight gain. And again, you can't gain eight pounds in a month. Like you'd have to be, I don't know, eating at McDonald's for three meals a day to gain actual fat in, in eight pounds. Um, and so what else can you do, right? exercise is another big one. So nutrition is at the top and then movement is next. And so again, knowing your dynamic metabolic type, whether you're excessive or deficient is extremely important here because the types of exercises that will get you to where you want to be are going to vary based on that. And so if you are a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you don't want to do boot camps. You don't want to go out running uh, for extended periods. You don't want to do things that we would consider to be uh, draining exercises. And how do you know that they're draining is because you feel it. You feel tired after, Uh, or you may be even too tired to even exercise at all. You may feel uh, worse right after the exercise, or it may hit you the following morning when you're trying to get out of bed. And so these are some clues that you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type. And if that's the case, you want to do things that are more restorative. And so uh, weightlifting is actually very restorative. And that's my favorite form of exercise. I actually, if I have to pick between cardio and weight training, I will always pick weight training because I believe that it is more anti-aging than cardio. And by anti-aging, I also mean healthier, there's a way that you can vary your weight training and switch it up and do different things that it's hard to do with cardio. Uh, And the advantage of weight training is as you increase your muscle mass, the more muscle that you have, the more calories that you burn, and you burn them all the time. So the difference between cardio and strength training or weight training is when you do cardio, if you, for example, go jogging or get on uh, an inclined bike, for example, you burn the calories while you're doing that activity. And as soon as you stop and get off or stop running, you stop burning the calories. With weight training, there's an advantage where you burn calories day and night. And the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn day and night. And so um, not that there's not an advantage to cardio, there is. But if you have to pick between the two, if you don't have time or whatever the case may be, pick weight training. Uh, You can also do your weight training at a faster pace so that it has a cardio-like effect. Uh, But you want to be careful because if you're a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you don't want to turn the weight training into a draining activity. So you want to be very cautious. And so I have a tendency towards a deficient dynamic metabolic type myself. That's just constitutionally the way I am. And so I know that I don't want to do too much at the gym per se, right? So, so I'll do a set and then I'll rest or I'll, I might stretch in between and then I'll do my next set. Um, I don't do it at a cardio pace uh, because I know I'll pay for it later, right? And so I just know that about myself. And so knowing my dynamic metabolic type helps me to pace my training so that it, it restores me and it doesn't drain me. Um, And it's really important because if you are already in a deficiency state, right, as a menstruating female, the bleeding out every month uh, is problematic, right? We lose our energy and we lose our blood every month. And um, there's a podcast that I did called The Difference Between Blood Deficiency and Anemia that every woman should know. I'm not anemic. I've never been anemic. Even when I was pregnant, I was not anemic but I am blood deficient. And so I know that I have a deficient dynamic metabolic type. And so when you have a deficiency dynamic metabolic type, that means you are short on good energy. Uh, So I'm the one that has to eat small frequent meals all day. Um, I'm the one that needs nine hours of sleep, right? Uh, I'm the one that does a lot of meditation and breathing and sitting still Uh, Because I know that about myself. And so that's how I'm able to stay healthy. That's how I'm able to have, you know, good energy that I can use and do the things I love to do uh, in life. And so when you are a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you are short on good energy. Uh, And so when you drain yourself, what you're doing is you're depleting yourself of that good energy. So what you want is to find that sweet spot, that kind of Goldilocks zone where you're restoring yourself. So when you lift weights, what you're doing is you're actually increasing muscle mass, you're increasing bone density. And so you are actually restoring those things back into your body. And uh, when you couple that with meditation, nine hours of sleep, you're restoring, you're constantly putting energy back into yourself um, so that you continue to build up that good energy. And that helps you to keep your weight normal because you're in balance. And so the more you stay in balance, the less likely you are to have inflammation, So a lot of uh, clients who think that they are deficient, who think they are toxic are actually deficient. And so I, I help my clients quite a bit to recognize the difference between, no, you're not really toxic, what you are is deficient. And so you're not able to move your water around. It's not that you have too much toxicity and inflammation in your body, it's that you're not able to move it. And so if you move it, what happens is you clear it out You know, And so the toxins and the inflammation leave your body, not because you did a a detox, but because your body was able to move its own water and cleanse and detox itself. If you do a detox in a deficiency state, you drain out the good energy. And all that does is it leaves you in a more depleted state and it makes you even less able to move your water around, which means you're even less able to get rid of the inflammation and the toxins and they just flood back in. And so people get into this vicious circle of, I did a detox. I felt good for a week and then I felt bad again. So I did it. So I thought maybe I didn't do enough detoxes. So I did another one, you know, and they get into this vicious circle and then they end up exhausted and drained and still toxic and still inflamed. Right. The reason for that is because you need to build your energy up so that your body does that work for you and you're not forcing it doing a cleanse and a detox actually costs you energy. Your body has to mobilize energy it already didn't have. And so that's where the vicious circle comes in. So uh, we're coming up on our first commercial break and uh, you're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe. We'll be right back.
0: What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American Healthcare System has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. On Awakened Wellness with Rio Bay, M.D. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Melin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RIOBEintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward thinking show. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully
2: engaged in life. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play DreamVision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids children's book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision Seven Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.
1: All right, and we're back. back to, oh, sorry, Rich. <laughs> Welcome back to Awakened Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe. And today we're talking about how to get those stubborn holiday pounds off. And so if you are a deficient dynamic metabolic type, the secret is don't do draining detoxes, don't do draining exercises, don't fast. That's another big one. Uh, If you are deficient, you don't wanna deprive your body of energy, you actually wanna give it more energy, right? And again, people will argue, but I ate the calories later, so what's the difference? The difference is we're not meant to eat later. We are diurnal by our nature, which means that we follow the sun. And so we need to eat the most first thing in the morning, especially if you are a deficient dynamic metabolic type, because if you think about it, we're most active in the afternoon. And so if we're most active in the afternoon and we haven't eaten enough you know, early enough in the day, so that we've converted that food to usable energy and now moved it all around the body so it's in all the cells that we need to perform all those activities, we've missed the boat. And so eating later sets you up actually to to have more inflammation because we're not meant to eat that late. And if we eat that late anyway, yes, we will force the body to digest that food, but it will do it very inefficiently And what you're gonna do is you're gonna tax your body at night when you're trying to sleep and it's trying to detox. Now it has an extra burden of things it has to detox from because of the inefficiency of the digestion. And so it's best, especially if you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type to eat first thing in the morning, even if you force feed yourself. I had to do this with one of my students recently because she just wasn't hungry. She had a deficiency dynamic metabolic type. And she was like, I just can't eat in the morning. And I said, as soon as you start eating in the morning what you'll see is that you'll start getting hungrier. And that's not a bad sign. It just means that your body's waking up. And so when people don't feel hungry in the morning it's not a good sign. It's actually a sign that you have broken your metabolism. Uh, It's a sign of a broken or dysfunctional metabolism because if your body is not trying to prime itself to get energy so it can be most active in the early afternoon, something is not right with it. And so I, I asked this particular student, just force feed yourself. I don't care if it's a boiled egg. I don't care if it's four ounces of a protein shake, just eat something that has protein in it. And she did, she, she, she was a trooper and it worked. Eventually she was like, oh, now I'm hungry when I wake up. I was like, yes, because your body doesn't think it's starving anymore. Your body will think it's starving if it doesn't get the food when it actually needs it, right? It doesn't matter that you gave it to it later. I tell people, you know, I started telling people now, it's like you're driving in your car and you're in Florida and you need to get to say, I don't know, South Carolina, right? And you only have one gallon of gas left in your car and you reason, well, I'm going to fill my tank up later anyway, so I'll just keep driving, right? That's the equivalent of what we do when we fast in a deficiency state. Like no one would think to do that if they were driving a car. They would never say, I only have a gallon of gas and I still need to go, you know, to, I don't know, a thousand, 500 miles away. I'll just fill my tank up when I get to South Carolina, right? Nobody thinks that way for their car, but they think that way for their bodies all the time. And we just can't do that. What happens is we break the body, we break our metabolism. And thankfully the reason our bodies don't just quit on us in the middle of the day is because our bodies are much more sophisticated than a motor vehicle. So your car doesn't have any alternative, but to use gas. And so if it runs out of gas, it will just stop dead in the street your body has other alternatives, but they're not alternatives you want to use. They are your bones, your muscle mass, your hair follicles, your skin cells, and all of the cells they don't consider, your body doesn't consider to be as important to you. It will trade that in to get the gas that it needs to get you through the afternoon, but that will come at a cost. And so if you are deficient, don't fast. Now, if you are excessive, yes, you can fast. That will help you detox and remove the toxins and inflammation that are causing your excessive dynamic metabolic type. Um, So here, let's see. Thank you, didn't even think it could be sugar. Um, No, it's probably not so much the sugar as it is the wheat, the gluten. Um, So I just wanted to be clear with the pumpkin pie. It's two things and it's probably more the gluten, the wheat, the crust. Uh, than the sugar, uh, although the sugar is not great either. <laughs> so, um, gluten is cold. And if you are a cold dynamic metabolic type, they will clash and you will not get good results that way. Um, question How do I fix my sweet tooth? I think I'm addicted. Um, so, a lot of times, the sweet tooth is your body asking for more energy, right? Um, and perhaps you're not eating enough early in the day. That tends to be the most common issue that my clients have is they try not to eat all day because they're trying to curb their appetite. They're trying to eat fewer calories. They're trying to lose weight. And then your body's like, but, but, but I need energy. I need energy. I need energy. And as it's sitting there scavenging itself all day and runs out of other options, it will bring on the cravings, right? It will continue to cause you to crave food, and you can't really outwill a craving. And so when you call it an addiction, you're not too far off. Um, a craving and an addiction are not very different because your body is, is physiologically needing to have energy. So what I tell people who have sugar cravings to get rid of the sugar cravings is eat earlier in the day. Like as soon as you get up, start thinking about what's gonna be for breakfast, right? When I was training with my uh, trainer, The most important thing was I had to eat within 30 minutes of getting up uh, in the morning. And so no matter what time I got up in the morning, within 30 minutes, I had to have my breakfast. And so what I've realized is that is so that your metabolism stays um, boosted and strong. And that was one of the best pieces of advice that I got. And it just makes sense Uh, even outside of bodybuilding and fitness and all of that. It just makes sense because it's how your body feeds itself. And so if you uh, eat within 30 minutes of waking up, make sure every meal, even a snack has protein in it. So protein has uh, the, the several advantages. One is it can be converted to sugar if your body needs to use it for fuel. Um, And it um, it also balances sugar better. So when you eat protein, the sugar doesn't spike as much as if you just eat sugar. So for example, that slice of pumpkin pie is pure sugar in terms of calories and it's also some fat, right? And so sugar and fat are probably the worst combination that you can have in a meal because if you eat sugar and fat, Now your body has two sources of fuel and it will, you know, not know exactly what to do with those two sources put together. And so it's a lot harder to lose uh, weight when you're eating sugar and fat, when you're eating sugar and protein, your body knows exactly what to do with the sugar. It just keeps protein as protein, right? It will be broken down into amino acids and put back into proteins the sugar will be burned. Whatever is not burned of the sugar will be stored as fat, right? So sugar will never be, I'm sorry, protein will never be stored as fat. Um, that almost cannot happen in your body. And so if you eat protein as a snack, you're kind of uh, protecting yourself from weight gain in many ways. And, and also the more protein you eat, the less room there is for carbs. You're just gonna get full. And so I tell people, make sure every single snack has protein in it. Uh, and again, if you're vegan, it's tofu, it's tempeh, um, it's, I don't know, uh, edamame, it's those types of things. Make sure you have protein in every single snack. If you're an omnivore, it may be uh, chicken. It could also be a protein shake. So it can be a vegan protein shake. If you're vegan, it can be, uh, you know, a, a bone broth protein shake. It can be uh, any protein shake, really, uh, if you're an omnivore. And so those things will mitigate the sugar cravings just because that's just what they do. Protein is very forgiving and it's very advantageous as a food source. And so that's what I'd recommend. And I would also recommend small, frequent meals if you have a lot of sugar cravings, especially if they happen later in the day. Uh, If they happen later in the day, it's simply because you're not eating enough earlier in the day. And so making sure that you have a meal, a small meal every three hours or a snack, you know, even if it's just a protein shake, that's better than um, not eating at all. And so you should find that that helps you quite a bit. question, could I be overweight because I'm depressed a lot of days? My church friend says I'm depressed due to bad spirits. I don't believe in such nonsense, uh, but part of me wonders if my slight issue with depressed moods is spiritual. My other anti-church friend says I'll feel better if I exercise. It's related to physical activities. Your thoughts. So yeah, so depression is a depressed metabolism, right? Um, all those feel-good hormones that we make, all the neurotransmitters we hear about, um, serotonin, dopamine, uh, oxytocin, all the feel-good stuff, they're all proteins, first of all. Uh, And so if you're not eating enough protein, it's gonna be harder for your body to make those things. Um, And if you're not sleeping, it's going to be harder for your body to make those things. Um, and so depression or feeling depressed or having a depressed mood is literally what it what it says. It's depressed. So it's it's lower. So it's it's either that it's low because it's missing something or many things, or it's it's depressed because it can't move. And so again, knowing if you're excessive or deficient will help you quite a bit to know where the depressed moods are coming from. Ultimately, everything is spiritual. Um, Ultimately, everything is energy. And so depressed energy causes depression. Um, And uh, again, raising metabolism and getting those four pillars up, right? The way you eat, the way you move, um, the way you rest and the way you allow your body to detox itself and remove toxins. Those are the four most important aspects of anything. So depression is not one thing or another thing. It's all of them together. And if you don't have those four pillars upright, your health kind of tanks or caves in and you get depressed, right? Um, you can also get fatigued. You can also get burnt out. Um, so you know, it, it depends on whether you have a deficient or an excessive dynamic metabolic site, how you would uh, treat that, um, you know, and yes, ultimately everything is spiritual, um, you know, and, and transmitting from spirit to the physical is really important. And sometimes, even though you are doing a lot of spiritual work, if your body is not physically sound, it's really hard to get them connected, it's it's hard to get them to uh, merge and to uh, play nice together. And so I would encourage you maybe to do uh, the burnout assessment and see what your dynamic metabolic type is. Certainly um, get some form of counseling and therapy. That's critical. You know, you don't want to be isolated on your own and trying to treat uh, depression if you believe that you have that. And so I would strongly recommend that you um, Uh, go to a counselor, be formally uh, evaluated, and then of course follow those recommendations and get the support that you need. Um, Make sure that you have a good support group around you um, and maybe look for a couple friends that don't try and fix you, but just are there for you. You know, sometimes that's the best therapy is um, not having people point you in all different directions. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. We all love to fix people. It's what we do. Uh, but sometimes people just want to be, you know. And so finding a group maybe that um, would just be supportive uh, and uplift you in in a certain way uh, might be good. Not Not that you should shun or isolate your friends. I'm just saying perhaps expose yourself to more people that will just be, you know, so that you can just be around them and and just uh, allow them to uplift you without trying to fix anything per se. Um, and then look at the four pillars. Am I eating uh, the foods that would best benefit me? Uh, am I exercising? you know so if you're not exercising at all, I would say at least go outside and go for walks around the neighborhood, get a buddy. And, you know, don't again, don't don't try and analyze yourselves or just be together and just go for walks. Maybe listen to uplifting music, um, you know, have uplifting conversations and just go for walks and get out more in nature. Uh, If you have a pet, you know, maybe take a little longer to take them out for their walk, something like that, um, you know, to get yourself moving. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Right. So some people um, will not be able to sleep when they're not in a great mood. So I would do breathing exercises before you go to sleep. So the three minute breathing exercises are probably somewhere in our archives and probably in every single podcast I've done. I've got the sign up in, uh, behind me. Um, breathing is so important because when you bring more oxygen into your body, it raises your metabolism um, and sleep is critical. So, so if breathing will help you sleep better, then do that. Um, At night, we make melatonin and then knowing when to go to sleep is super important. You want to be in bed between about 10 and 11 because we start to make melatonin at that time uh, and melatonin makes serotonin. Serotonin is that feel good antidepressant, um, you know, that, that we all need. So if you're going to bed too late, uh, start to dial it back. You know, uh, and if you're in the habit of going to sleep super late, don't dial it back too abruptly because you'll feel worse because you won't be able to sleep at all. And so dial it back a little bit at a time. So if you go to bed at like one o'clock in the morning, go to bed at 1230 instead, get acclimated to that new time and then go to bed at midnight and then get acclimated to that go to bed at 1130, get acclimated to that and then go to bed at 11. And if, you know, that's a good, good place to be, then go to bed at 11 and stay there. Right, um, And then what what you do is you start making your melatonin more, you make more serotonin, and then your moods begin to elevate. Um, so a lot of depression is sleep deprivation as, as well, but it's never one thing. So you want to just tackle those things slowly but surely, um, you know, so that you can elevate your mood. And if, if you want to know more, you're welcome to uh, go to our website, awakenwellnessnow.com. We've got a little training on, on uh, beating burnout. So Burnout and depression are not f- that far apart, um, you know, but again, first seek the care of a counselor or a therapist. Uh, that would be first and foremost. So I hope that's helpful to you. And I hope that you begin to feel much better very soon. We're going to take our next commercial break. You're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milena Bay, and we'll be right back.
0: What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American Healthcare System has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Me-Lynn Riobay, M.D. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit riobeintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward thinking show. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of plumpy nut and other nutrient-rich peanut-based ready-to-use foods, Edisea has already delivered life and hope to nearly one million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edisea's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediseaglobal.org.
2: What if dreams can diagnose your life? what if we can meet the love of our life in dreams join host cat o'keefe cannabis the number one internationally best-selling author of dreams that can save your life written with duke university medical doctor larry burke dreaming healing is where we'll explore dreams research and interpret dreams from you the caller Dreaming Healing Shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come live your dreams out loud with Cat. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, And helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs if you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe call deborah at 508 226 1723 or deborah at dreamvision7radio.com this is dream vision 7 radio network uniting mankind with universal love our shows are created from the heart bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.
1: Welcome back to Awaken Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Ryobe, and we have another question here. Uh, Intermittent fasting, I'm doing it by skipping breakfast, but I stopped losing weight. I'll admit late night snacking has become normal. Okay. Yeah. So if a method was working and it stops working, so we have to then evaluate the method, right? Are you still following the method? Uh, If you've strayed away from the method, then what I would suggest is you go back to the method. Uh, And if it's still not working, then that's not the method for you, right? How do you know if intermittent fasting is for you? If you know your dynamic metabolic type, you would know right away, right? So Um, knowing your dynamic metabolic type takes a lot of guesswork out. You don't have to be the guinea pig for intermittent fasting or whatever other health craze is out there. You'll know immediately if it's for you or not. And so intermittent fasting is suitable for someone with an excess dynamic metabolic type, whether it's hot, cold or neutral. Um, And so if you are a deficient dynamic metabolic type, intermittent fasting won't work for you. Uh, and if you continue to force yourself to do the intermittent fasting, what's going to happen is it will backfire eventually, either by making you more and more tired um, or by causing a rebound weight gain later. And so knowing your dynamic metabolic type is super important uh, for that reason. Uh, but if you are an excess dynamic metabolic type and intermittent fasting has stopped working, Chances are that um, it got rid of the inflammation, and now what you're left with is the uh, the the more the fat, and that just takes longer to get rid of. Right? It's really easy for water to leave the body; not so easy for fat. Um, so the reverse of of the calories is true as well. So to lose one pound of fat, you have to undereat by three thousand five hundred calories, and so you know that that takes time just to lose one pound of fat, right? You'd have to reduce your calories by 500 calories a day for seven days to lose one pound of fat. Um, and that's normal, right? That That's the pace that you probably wanna go at. And so the, the, the quick part of weight loss is when the inflammation goes away. Um, and intermittent fasting is excellent for removing inflammation and toxins from the body. Um, but it comes at a cost, which is our metabolism. And so if you have an excess dynamic metabolic type, you have spare metabolism that you can burn while you're doing intermittent fasting. As soon as you hit the bottom and now it's digging into your metabolism, you'll notice that intermittent fasting is not working anymore. And that's important to notice um, and then switch right away. Um, and now you want to do more of a restorative type of um, uh, approach. And so if if you uh, were skipping breakfast, I would start to eat breakfast. And so what you do is you take the same calories you were eating with the intermittent fasting, but you spread them out over the day. Um, and I would highly recommend that you not skip breakfast. If you're finding that the inter if you've hit a wall with the intermittent fasting, um, and you're doing it right and it's still not working, flip it around and make sure that you eat within 30 to 45 minutes of waking up and then spread those calories out so that you're eating them every three hours throughout the day. And I know people say, oh gosh, I got to sit there and think about what I'm going to eat every three hours. (laughs) And yeah, you do. (laughs) And you should, um, the eating is probably the most important thing we do every day and uh, to keep ourselves fit, right? So you can't run a business if you're not eating properly. You can't play with your kids if you're not eating properly. You can't even breathe, right, if you're not eating properly. And so, yes, make sure that you plan out your meals. Um, And they don't all have to be meals, right? So you can have your three main meals, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and then you have a couple little snacks in between, right? So a snack for me sometimes is a protein shake and a handful of nuts and I'm done, right? Um, Sometimes it's just a protein shake and I'm done. And then I have my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner. Because I'm deficient, I'm not hungry in the morning. So it'll just be a protein shake for me. Um, Ideally, you want breakfast to be your heaviest meal. And so I have a protein shake. That's how I start out. Three hours later or two and a half hours later, I'm usually hungry. And now I'm having my breakfast. You know, what would have been my breakfast, I'm having three hours later. Um, And then I'll have another snack. Uh, Maybe it's just another protein shake or a protein bar. And then I'm having, uh, you know, lunch and then I'm having uh, another uh, snack and then it's dinner. Dinner's super light. uh, So it's just, you know, veggies and protein. Uh, I also like mushroom pasta. So, and that's calorie free, right? So mushroom pasta with, I don't know, some type of marinara sauce maybe. Uh, with some some protein chicken or, um, you know, I can eat red meat, it's okay for me. So you'd want to know if you're a hot dynamic metabolic type to know if red meat would be an option. Um, But these are the types of strategies I would start to employ if you feel like you've hit a wall with the intermittent fasting. And if you did your burnout assessment and you are not an excess dynamic metabolic type, do not do intermittent fasting. You need small, frequent meals um, and probably need to increase the protein. Um, protein has gotten a really bad reputation for many, many, many reasons. Um, and again, I'm a huge fan of protein. Uh, you just have to know what types of proteins suit you. And you have to be a bit of a detective when you go buy your protein so that you're buying good, clean sources of protein. Um, and again, I understand, you know, people will have spiritual and social reasons why they don't want to eat animal products, which is fine. Um, And I would never ask anyone to go against, you know, those beliefs. Um, However, if you are an omnivore, you know, make sure that uh, you're getting really clean sources of protein, grass-fed, grass-finished, organic, wild-caught seafood, um, you know, make sure that they are well-sourced, you know, clean products and go to town on protein. Um, It's really important. If you're a vegan, you need way more protein than you think. Um, The vegan options for proteins are not as protein dense as animal-based sources. So for example, if you eat tofu, you need three times as much tofu to get the same amount of protein as you would get in a serving of an uh, animal-based protein. So you just need to make sure you eat more protein if you're a vegan or vegetarian than you think you need. Um, the second reason that protein has gotten a bad reputation is because we were not using uh, proper methods to determine people's protein requirements in the scientific and medical community for decades. Um, and so it was just the last three or four years where we finally came to our senses and realized, oh, we're not recommending enough protein for people. you know, And that was just common sense if they had looked, right? Um, you know, 40 grams of protein is not enough to sustain anyone appropriately, right? If you're only eating 40 grams of protein a day, you're going to fall apart. Your entire body is made of protein. Your hair is made of protein, your nails, all of your organs, your hormones, your enzymes, everything is made of protein. Your cells are made of protein and fat. Um, There's no avoiding protein in the body. And so uh, we we have been underestimating people's protein requirements for decades. And I believe that's a big part of why so many people are not well, um, you know, because A, we've been under recommending protein and B, we've pretty much poisoned all of our protein sources. And so we have to be extremely careful about the choices that we make when we're picking out protein products. Um, and so, Making sure that you have enough protein is a huge part of uh, weight loss. Um, And so again, if the intermittent fasting is not working, look at how much protein you're eating. Um, And again, in in our uh, online course, I go over this with with everyone, all of our students. Uh, We learn exactly how to calculate your protein requirements. I teach you how to read labels. I teach you how to find good sources When you go shopping, so if you're interested, again visit our website awakenedwellnessnow.com. I'd love to have you in our group coaching uh, class that we're doing. We do live lessons. Uh, We do also live Q and As. I think it's such an important thing for people to know uh, how much protein do I need to eat, really, uh, and how do I get those sources? Um, And so, making sure that you know how to calculate your lean body mass. And making sure that you know how to convert that into your protein requirements is really important. But 40 grams is not enough. Most people, you know, women need somewhere around 90 grams to 100 grams of protein a day to sustain their body. Um, so much of your body mass is protein. And uh, if you're having weight gain, oftentimes that's because your metabolism is not cranking on all cylinders, and protein is a huge uh, metabolism elevator because it allows your body to restore itself uh, so that your body functions can recover faster. And so, and again, that will make you eat less sugar. So I think that's all the time we have for today's show. Um, excellent questions as always, wonderful comments. Thank you so much. I hope I've helped you to lose those stubborn holiday pounds. And until next time, many blessings. You've been listening to Awakened Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and we'll see you next time.
2: Join
0: us next time on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobé, M.D., to learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. Awakened Wellness airs every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern of each month. Meanwhile, you can join our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash wellness and let us know what you'd like to discuss on future episodes. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RioBayIntegrativeMedicine.com. This show is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network.